Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 267. My name is Brando, and with us today... Big Chris Flores. Thanks, Chris. You sound pretty hey, busy there up? in the studio. What's up? Oh, yeah. I'm always, I'm just, I only got one, one person here. That's me. I'm all <laughs> over the place. I'm the runner and the engineer and the producer. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm doing the same exact thing with this podcast and doing much of the same thing in, uh, you know, different radio lives. But uh, Big Chris, right. if you don't know, uh, I actually, if because he's worked with uh, a lot of different artists, maybe his dog. I don't know if his dog wants to chime in. No, I'm locking that dog out. Okay, because I, I, we'll see if there's a, an appearance by my cat, uh, one of my three cats at some point. <laughs> uh, our friends at Slash's fan page. It's run by a, a really cool guy, uh, Tintan Rodriguez, and I believe he's uh, based at Mexico. And he shared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and he shared a clip. Uh, I guess that you found because your background was mm-hmm. working on Slash's first record. So to right. get, to kind of get to where we're getting a teaser clip of uh, Slash and Chester, I before I first I kind of want to get to to know you a little bit, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. Well, um, I'll start off by saying I'm probably the the only white guy you're going to ever meet that got kicked out of Mexico for working without papers. <laughs> and I would, uh, while I was living, I used to live in Cancun, and while I was there, I played salsas, cumbias, merengues, and cha-chas on a boat in the daytime. And then we would take a nap in the afternoon, and we'd get to the club at about 11 o'clock at night. And we'd play till two in the morning, and then we'd party all night and barely make it to the boat the next day. And we did that for like six days a week for six years. And then, um, then I went to go fix my papers, and it turns out an ex-girlfriend of mine, uh, who hated me, his brother, her brother, brother-in-law was the head of immigration. He's like, "Aren't you Chris Flores?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, well." So they threw me in jail for four days, and. Oh, fun. Kicked me out for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you go by uh, Big Chris now? So you're trying to like, cover uh, up your name uh, and go as an alias? Not no, a good one, no. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so I came back to L.A. I ended up getting a degree here in music. I got some lucky gigs. I ended up working with Babyface for a year and a half. So I got to work on some um, some Rolling Stones, on um, Vogue, Boys to Men. It's like a lot of a lot of art from Kenny Loggins, R and B. Cool. It was right around when Usher got signed. So it was like just a lot of this music was all around me. So not only did I soak up like all the Latin stuff when I was in Mexico, but then I started soaking up like all this R and B. And then I saw so I was over at Babyfaces for a year and a half. <clears throat> And then um, an engineer friend of mine asked me if I wanted to be the chief engineer at this place called Kingpin Records, where it was uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony was doing their album okay. and, and some other artists that they signed. So I was um, I'd be engineering there, but they, there's you know in the hip hop world they're so damn late. Like they'll call you after two hours after they're supposed to be there to tell you they're running late. So. <laughs> 
I started I started learning the ropes over there. I figured, okay, I got about at least four hours to come up with something, so I'd write tracks while no one's there, while they're supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Hmm. And then they'd show up, and I'd be doing these tracks, and they're like, "Oh man, that's a big track, man. We're gonna start calling you Big Chris." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." So I came up with my email, Big Chris twenty eight at Yahoo dot com, and then I got my first song placed in a movie, and I used Big Chris. So I just had to keep sticking with it. I got too much going on with Big Chris. Love it. How tall are you? Separated from. I'm not at all. In fact, there was a girl who came by my studio. She's like, hey, can you stand out front? I'm not familiar with the area. I was like, sure, I'll be out there. I'll wait for you for a few minutes. So 10 minutes goes by, and I come back in the house, and there's like all these messages, and I check it. She's like, hey, where the hell are you? I told you to meet me out front. So I call her back, and I was like, where the hell are you? I'm out front. I've been out there for the last 10 minutes. She's like, no, you're not. This just this long-haired white guy. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's me. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. So, yeah, so I, I got, yeah, so I got mistaken for big chris a few times before they actually knew i wasn't so big <laughs> uh, that is amazing because reading up on your your history and having you know that you work in uh, the hip-hop and r&b uh, realm where you have right. big pun and like I'm, when i looked at your picture i'm like he's not that big so there's gotta no, be a cool man. story behind that <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I mean i was in the hip-hop world for a while i was the only white guy within a 10 mile radius for a good seven years was that you know, the, and, I, and then I met I met I met Cedric the Entertainer okay. and through through a neighbor who I, I produced his poetry album turns out the hit that he was his cousin and Cedric to make a long story short came over to my house one day because he liked the album he's like hey can you do a reggae song and I was like sure he's like all right cool I need it by tomorrow morning and I was like huh <laughs> he's like yeah I'm shooting this thing tomorrow so I just need it by tomorrow morning so he went into the bathroom and did a bass line his voice and left it on my uh, I had an eight track at the time. Huh. <clears throat> and um, so I ended up doing this track around it, and they ended up he ended up performing it at the. It was a film directed by Spike Lee. It was a, it was the original Kings of Comedy. Okay, sure. And it was a song called that a song that Cedric sings called Peanut Butter No Jam. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it went so well that you know they used it in a movie. He liked it, and he came. He's like he took me to Guitar Center one day and, and just spent ten thousand dollars on me and had me. He said, "What do you need? If you can wow. do that on eight tracks. What do we need to get you?" So. He literally spent. He got me going. He got. He jump started my career wow. in the TV and film. Lit a fire under my ass. So yeah. So then I did that for a while, and then um, and then uh, I met Slash at the park one day when I was taking my son to play at the playground. What, he was there with park? his son, London. What park were you at? Uh, I was Hazel. Hazel Teen Park. It was in. It's in the Valley in Sherman Oaks. Okay. I'm a. I'm a New Yorker. I don't. I don't know. Oh, gotcha. Yes, yeah, so I was near my house. It was the closest park near my house. So. And then I thought it was actually Eddie Van Halen standing over there, so I was like, oh, let's say hi. And um, and no, it was Slash, and his son was just playing on the playground, and so my son started playing them. They were both two years old, both born in August, I think. Hmm. And so they were playing for a little bit, and we were talking, it was right around when they were doing this, uh, the Velvet Revolver album, but I, I think... Uh, yeah, I think that was right around that time. But fast forward a year later, when my son's starting preschool, uh, Slash's son was going to that same preschool. So at that point, he's like, "Okay, cool." So he started. We got you know the birthday birthday parties for the kids huh. and stuff like that. And then one day, one day he says, "Hey, man, do you want to score a movie?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> 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 so he shows up at my house to score this movie with a five watt Marshall and his guitar on his shoulder. And I was like, we're going to score the movie with that. <laughs> He's like, yep. So we ended up doing the first, uh, the first song for this movie it was, Oh, it's called, this is not a movie. 
and it was directed by this guy Olayo Rubio, who's from Mexico. He's got a you know he's pretty big out there as a director, and um, and it was the first uh, American movie with Americans done with all a Mexican with an all Mexican crew. Hmm. And it starred Eddie Fur Edward Furlong, you know, a kid from Terminator too. Terminator. Yeah, American history. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of this really weird psycho trip one you know, weird movie. But Slash ended up you know, which we did about twenty tracks for that film. <clears throat> and um and then when we were done scoring that we he's like, Hey, let's just go on to do this album so that's when we did uh um, we started going through the songs and he was just like, okay, I want to get Fergie on this one. That was the first song. He's like, let me get anything. Let me get Alice Cooper on that one. Uh, he's just going through, let me get Ozzy on that one. And everybody said, yeah. And then he's like, hey, let me get Chester Bennington on this one, which was demo number three, Fast. And then, uh, so Chester came over and he tracked those vocals and, um, and then closer towards the end of doing the, the album, the, the Lincoln Park, you know, I guess they didn't want Chester to release anything while they were doing their album or mm. before they released their album. So then, you know, they make a, you know, end up getting uh, Lenny on that song, which turned out to be Dr. Alibi on right. his album. And so we got, it got shelved. Uh, Chester got shelved. And then fast forward, Shit, I hope I'm I'm kind of running through dates here. I, it must have been about seven years later, six years later, I was going through old sessions that were on DVD and just getting them off DVD and in the hard, the solid state drives and went and found, you know, I was like, wow, well, I forgot about that one. Whoa. And now, so I sent it, so I sent it to Slash and he's like, wow. And I was like, hey, bro, we got to redo that. We, we reproduce that. He's like, simmer down, some chill out, chill out. Let me, just, let me ask. <laughs> Let me ask Talinda, who's his uh, Chester's wife, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and and um, and she said, "Yeah, she was like, yeah, we did a three-way conversation. She was kind of wanted to release it the way it was, and and I was like, no way, because that's just me playing drums on the keyboards live while Slash is playing. You know, it's just could not let that go. <clears throat> so um, uh, we, I ended up uh, reprogramming drums. I played the bass on it, and then I kind of produced the vocals and mixed and. Got it finished sounds uh, way, way better. Still a little demo-ish to me, but I feel like it just needs some live drums, but it sounds great anyway. And, um, and it was done, and we were just waiting for Talinda and I guess uh, Chester's mom to get the go-ahead to release it, because Slash said he was just going to give them full reign, you know, that's their song. Sure. And, and, I respect uh, that. Totally. And we never heard back, right, we never heard back from Talinda's mom, and so it got shelved. It's been sitting in here on my hard drive, finished again. Well, finished without live drums, program drums, uh, for the last year and a half. And so um, I guess Slash had mentioned it in a few interviews. So this last interview I did, they had, you know, just kind of brought it up. And I asked Slash, I was like, hey, can I play a, a minute of that song? And he's like, I got no problem with it. And um, so he's like, so I called Talinda and took her a couple of days to get back to me. She's like, I got no problem with it. Thanks. So. That was the and so that's why it got released a couple of days that minute segment. Okay. So I'm hoping they release it. I hope I'm hoping they release it soon. Now that it's kind of getting some, you know, some back to life. Wow. That, you know what I mean? Uh, I do, and there's a lot to digest there. Uh, one before the, <laughs> the thought is lost. And thank you for sharing that story. You did a great job uh, telling it. Uh, yeah, going to <laughs> going to birthday parties <laughs> with Slash. 
You know, what what what's that like? Are there puppet shows going on? Is he wearing his his uh his top hat, giving out goodie bags? Is he just a normal dude? Yeah, he's always you know he's got his you know his hat flipped backwards and he's just chilling, you know, trying to just sit in the background. You know, he's a quiet guy. He's a very quiet guy. He's the exact opposite of of his uh, of his ex wife. She was the party goer, party maker. So there was always some crazy stuff happening at the parties, but Slash was always mellow, man. He was always just sitting at the back, you know, calm, you know, mature <laughs> while the, while the party was raging. <laughs> and uh, and it's kind of it's interesting, and I always think about this when when guys like Slash they're going to because they're obviously their parents, they have to do the parent things, they have to do uh, husband things, it just if, just because you have the spotlight on them, they have to live their normal life lives. Uh-huh. So. Right, right. So that's why it's interesting when, you know, thinking about Slash in just like a, a normal setting. But when he's in those settings, he's still obviously slashed everybody else. You, but you know, it's right. so it's, he's so it's so not he's so not famous when he's when he's like that when he's around you when he's over, like because I, I lived in a in the not the nicest neighborhood back then, and he would come over to the house and he'd be like, "Wow, I love this place." You know what I mean? He had to, it was just so out of where he's normally at, and we'd go get tacos at this taco stand, and and then we'd go to the movie. You know, we'd take the kids to the movies, or we'd take them to Jerry's famous deli, and and let the kids go play pinball while we were just sitting down there eating some salads, or you know, it was. And you know, people would come up to him, and and he was really just the nicest guy. You know what I mean? He's like, you know, he's so unsuspecting. People look at him like, oh my god, that's left. He's almost embarrassed. You know what I mean? <laughs> And he gives that off, and which I, I love. I, I love the the humble rock star. I don't like the cocky uh, rock star. That's just no, my def- that's my, that's my yeah. taste. But I'm wondering because obviously everybody wants to work with him, and he, it was just brought up to you. It was, did you think about like approaching him? Like, oh my god, if I only can work with Slash, and then one day, well, well I gave him my CD when I, you know, okay. obviously at one of the parties, you know, I was like, here's some stuff I produced. Oh, okay, you know, good. later I found. Slip. Later, I found out he never even listened to it. Okay. <laughs> that's what, see, that's what I mean. That's what I, that's exactly what I mean. But I'm glad it worked out because obviously, you know, you spent real time with the guy. You know, in addition to right. the, you know, business. But right, I mean, at one at one point, my wife said, "Hey, doesn't he have any other friends?" He's like always over here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool. And, that's you know, and one time, one this is great. One time, we went to uh, to. Uh, SeaWorld. It was actually Legoland with the kids. Oh, okay. And we got and, and we got a hotel room and stuff like that. And my kid was really sick and, and and but we just you know he really wanted to go. And my kid was coughing a lot. He had you know he was always coughing doing such. He was always sick when he was a little little kid. Mm. And um and so we were on this hotel room and uh, he just started coughing. So I was like you know what? I'm going to go get another hotel room with my son. And you know we stayed up all night because he was coughing. But we went to Legoland the next day and. And Slash was there with his son, and he's just like walking around. And my kid, my kid was coughing. He's like, "Hey, why don't you just go take my truck and get your kid to the emergency room or something like that?" And I was like, "Yeah, thank you." So I, you know, went and took my kid to the emergency room. He stayed at Legoland with his kid. <laughs> and then the next morning, we went to to, to Sea World. You know, he's he's a really good dad. Man. He was he was always present when he was around, and seemed to like hanging around the kids. You know. Right on. Well, thanks for sharing that because I love those uh, positive and just wholesome stories. To be honest with you, that's kind of the uh, the show I like to do. And also, yeah. thank you uh, because uh, Tintan and I uh, discussed this as well. You know, it's a difficult it's a difficult topic to I know to discuss with mental health, and it's unavoidable almost with Chester Bennington. I have right. I have spoken about him at length. 
uh, and Chris Cornell at length because mm-hmm. I I lost my dad in in a similar fashion. Uh, oh man! It was a year before Robin Williams, and then you have Chris Cornell in the public and Chester Bennington in the public, and it's just like you realize after you know I'm dealing with my stuff, but you take a step back mm-hmm. and realize that whether you're a dentist like my dad was, or a rock star, you know, relatively young rock star in Chester Bennington. I think he was like, what, 41 or something like that? Like, it seemingly had everything, all the money in the world. Everybody could be affected. So, to hear... Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, some of it's just chemical. It's out of their control, you know what I mean? It's no reason why it comes from deep within, and there's no, and they don't understand it, and that's part of what's driving them crazy, is like, why do I feel like this, you know? I know. There's no solution, you know what I mean? I do, Uh, and and thankfully, I've just, I've been in therapy, but it was getting me uh, through for so long, where, you know, that's what music is for. Right, and so Chester's yeah, lyrics, I mean, especially. Was, right, yeah. I mean, it's a powerful message, and listening to it, it's kind of eerie. You know what I mean? It was a, so it says a lot about the state of mind he was in at the time. You know, this song, especially this song, "Crazy." You know, I mean, listening to it now and picturing him then, you know, it's 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 like it's it's really sad. You know, because I was he was yeah, I mean, he was saying a lot more than just singing a song. You know. So how did the process of that, I guess, song go? Like, how did it work, and then how did it transform to Dr. Alibi? Are you able to kind of tell us how, you know, I know why it was initially shelved, but, like, how did Slash come up with the music, and then Chester wrote lyrics, and then he did the same thing with Lemmy? Yeah, Slash would just, we would just do, you know, Slash would kind of, like, when I saw, so when he would start writing, I'd be like, okay, cool, this is like, this is a cool song, but then, you know, like, as the song starts forming, it's just so you slash, it's just so easy watching him, you know, the way he records, he's got this method, and it's, and he just, it's seamless the way he writes, and it just comes out amazing, you know, and then he's got those slash licks, all those, those melodic licks everywhere, and that you're like, oh, okay, and the song's starting to sound like Slash, and then when he'd finish the song, he'd be like, hmm, I think this, I think Chester would be good for this one, so we just send him the demo and set up the session. Chester came in literally for probably a few hours, just recorded it, and and it was like came hung out for a little bit, and then took off, and then that was the last of it. You know, it just really wasn't uh, any kind of arrangement other than here's the song. You want to come in and sing it? Sure, I'll be there this day. All right, <laughs> that's it. Anything that you, you know? can tell us, because I I was fortunate enough. It's been a couple of years, but I had Eric Valentine on the the podcast mm-hmm. who produced uh, the, the right, Slash's yeah. first solo record, and he told us some really mm-hmm. cool stories about seeing Chris Cornell record, Fergie record, things like that. I you know of Chester, you know how his singing, uh, you know if he had any like singing um, process. One, it was one or two takes when he got here. It was nothing really to it. It was. We sit down. It was small talk for a little bit, you know, going listening to the song, and he's like, "All right, let me get in there." And he went in there, and didn't come out till he was done, and it was not that long. Wow. And, yeah, and I was like, "Wow, this is going to be huge," and then it got shelved, unfortunately. Well, I'm glad that you're able to to, to share it, and uh, hopefully, I believe it's Linda. Maybe she'll share it on Chester's birthday. Uh, I'm hearing, hopefully, uh, yeah, or Mental Health Awareness Day, which would be great. Uh, so with your yeah, permission, maybe after this episode, I can include in this episode that that minute. Uh, would that be all right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So already people, out. 
people stick around for that song crazy and you know chester's voice along with the obvious the uh with this podcast is uh the a- axel rose i mean his voice and his mm-hmm. lyrics have affected me so you coming across that is, right. is a blessing have you like anything else in your uh repertoire that you remember being recorded uh and shelved at that time for that that album on that album, no, everything got every everybody he wanted just got on the album and stayed. You know, that was the only issue was with Chester's vocals in Lincoln Park. Hmm. And part of I think part of the reason why it got shelved for so long was we just out of respect, just waiting for Lincoln Park to release whatever they were going to release with Chester. Hmm. You know, and then and then just giving to Linda and his mom, you know, time to figure out if they wanted to do anything with it. But it just, you know, Slash hadn't heard anything from them, and it just was forgotten about, I feel like. So, you know, it was just perfect timing, you know? I mean, Slash mentioned it a while ago, so, you know, it got brought up again, and it was just a perfect opportunity, you know, and timing to to let it out a little bit, you know? Cool. Uh, anything you yeah, can man. tell us about, because you also worked on Beautiful Dangerous, right, with Fergie and Slash? Yeah, yeah, that was the one I have production on, yeah. So how did that uh, process that was first- go? That once again, that was that first. That was the first song we did for the movie, and um, and then after the you know after we were finished with the movie, he turned that into a you know full fledged you know verse chorus hook all, you know first all that stuff, and he's like mm, I feel like Fergie would be good on that one, and I was like mm, that's interesting. It's so of course she came over and and sat down. My wife did her nails <laughs> while Slash were finishing up the. The, the instrumental and and she came in and she tracked a, actually a couple of songs and that was the one that that stuck i believe there was and i can't remember what the other one was we st- i think i still have the that that other one which is just kind of rough drums and of course slashes guitar on it but okay got, maybe that one's lost in the matrix i gotta find that one Okay. All right. Good. Uh, then I, well, I I hope to hear from you again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You jerked my memory a little bit there. I forgot about that one too. Nice. But yeah, that one's there. Lost in the matrix. What about and, and shame on me? I know I'm I'm like a a rock guy, but I'm like you. I do have some uh, R&B background. Right right now, I have a picture of me and Keith Sweat sitting behind me. I, I work on his <laughs> I, I work on his radio show actually. In addition to doing this, but and I'm a Rihanna fan. That's where this is going. But I I can't believe oh, right. I didn't hear Rockstar 101 with Slash until today. I'm today years old. I don't um, know how I missed yeah, it. Yeah, man. Not many people have. It's kind of. I know it's famous. I'm, I'm an embarrassment. I know. I. I it but was, I just don't know if that was that a single. On, I don't even know if that was a single released. Was it? it if it wasn't a single, um, then I don't blame me because I only know her singles. I never, yeah, I don't. Uh, okay. All right. Right. I'm. I, I'm. I can't remember if it was a single or not, but it wasn't a huge song. I don't think. But of course, it definitely you know slash fit the picture. He never did. They asked him if he wanted to do, to do the video, but he he opted out of the video. I was going to ask you about that because I watched the video and I'm like, where does Slash come in? And then I'm like, fast right. forward and like you do on YouTube and it goes that little you know, preview pane. And I'm like, oh, there's Slash. And then it comes to the point mm-hmm. of the video. I'm like, oh, that's Rihanna dressed as Slash. That's okay. That's right. interesting. I think that was the alternative. Yeah. That um, was the alternative they had. Any any <laughs> stories from that whole experience working with uh, Rihanna? No, I can't. It was so damn long ago. It was so hmm. damn. It was at this point. Now it was in twenty what? It was twenty ten, eleven years ago, and I remember it was just quick. 
you know, for that at that time it was they sent the the session over to us, and Slash was just recording guitars on that. Okay. Okay. Cool. Right. So I don't think Rihanna never came into the studio to record you. that. Yeah. What makes you perfect to work with a guy like Slash that he can obviously play rock and roll, that he can play with Fergie and Rihanna is your background. So when you first started and you're working with the Bone Thugs and Harmony and Cedric the Entertainer, mm-hmm. what was the style you grew up with? Like, where is your, like, would you say that you have a, a forte, like, in, in, in style of music, or you just have your hand in everything? My, I think that is my forte, is it's everything. Mm-hmm. I pretty much do everything. I don't, I'm not the best at anything. I'm pretty well-rounded. I can do most, I can do most, most genres. And I think that's kind of what, what, you know, what made it so easy to work with Slash because he didn't need a band. You know, he could just write and I pretty much knew, I knew how to program everything. I can play bass, I can play guitar. So, you know, like even one, one time he had, uh, um, Skunk Baxter from the Doobie Brothers come over to the studio and, and, and Skunk left his, uh, his paddle steel guitar there for about, <clears throat> for about six months. And Slash was kind of trying to learn. And one day Skunk came over and, and Slash, you know, to, Slash was behind the, you know, trying to figure this pedal steel out. And Skunk was giving him some lessons. And I was just playing rhythm guitar in the background for them so they, so Slash could jam. <laughs> Pretty cool, man. But, you know, so it's like I play a little bit of everything. My main thing is guitar. But, you know, doing hip hop for so long, I learned how to program, you know, and I'm figured out you know i can actually make it sound like i'm a pretty good piano player from my programming so just all that practice made it super easy for just slash to do his thing without having to bounce off anybody else you know so you have to have super easy everything at your disposal obviously at your studio which uh, i have failed to mention until this point so forgive me uh the rehab studio so oh right (laughs) the most recent name is the rehab studio it used to be called mood swing records okay just whatever i used to do when when after cedric got my my song placed in that original kings of comedy he 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 went on you know we ended up getting some songs in the barbershop the movie and and then um i was just doing all this kind of music whether whatever i was just i just had to finish a song a day so i would just do a track a day and it was whatever mood i was in it might have been a hip-hop song might have been a rock song might have been a pop song so i called the label mood swing records it was just easy hmm. for me to come up with right and then when i started working with slash you know after a while it got out and i started getting phone calls from like every rocker you could think of and it was like everybody who had been in rehab or who needs to be in rehab was calling me so i was just like you know what i'm just going to change it to the rehab <laughs> i like that that's funny oh, that, oh that's that's brilliant have you had yeah it worked out at this point is there a a track maybe that you're most proud of at this point because you're all over the place I, I, I you look at your resume it's like you have, have a storied career and you're yeah, still all young. over the place but you do you have maybe one track that you're like wow like this is I can't believe uh, I, I created well, this well uh, for me like where I created all of the music I have a few of those I don't have really I have there's one that's getting released that's really cool and it's really pop it's a really I mean it's almost like it's real pop you know like i would almost release it for like the gay pride week over here or whatever because the lyrically at this girl rosita stone she's a really amazing singer and she sings a lot of like latin stuff too but she really liked this track and so she she's from canada and she sang it over there <clears throat> and um it's a really 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 good song it's you know it's really something that i don't normally i mean i, I do that stuff but i don't 
it doesn't ever really see the light of day, but this one I'm really happy it's going to see the light of day. And it's uh, it's almost like a, not reggaeton because it's, but it's got that reggaeton do 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 but it's really pop and it's you know you look at me and you hear it and you hear it, if you were to pull up next to me at a stoplight while I'm listening to that song you would definitely do a double take <laughs> what the hell am I looking at right now <laughs> but I'm pretty proud of it you know and I, and and I finished a country song with this guy and also in Canada I don't know what's up with Canada these days uh, that just got released it's called Heaven on Earth. And that one is a really cool country song. It's got some slide guitars in there. I put some slide, and it's got a huge chorus. And you know, so there's a couple of things that I'm really proud of, like of my recent stuff. And then I've got some some stuff I'm really proud of that's old too. Just off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of it. I got hundreds and hundreds of songs, literally. Yeah, I, I just, know. You know, I have to go through. Them. <laughs> but so we can keep track of your your current stuff that's going to come out. What's the best way to do that? Would it be on added to your playlist on uh, the well, rehabstudio.com? Uh, if I had a playlist, I would definitely uh, the rehabstudio.com. I might put it up there. Yeah. Okay. I got. I know the Rosita Stone is coming out in June. I know they're going to release it on radio in June. So I'll probably put it up right after she releases that. And then this country song should be. I should. Yeah, I should put that up there. That's already out. It's on iTunes. Cool. And all that stuff. Yeah. Awesome. And is the, so is the best way for people just to, to reach out and follow you on uh, either the website or oh, you're on sure. Instagram as well, right? Yeah. Big Chris Flores at the, at, on Instagram and Facebook. Cool. And, um, and yeah, and that Chris Michaels gets the country guy and Rosita Stone is the, is the pop artist that's coming out. It's really good. I'm really proud of both of those. I mean, as you should be. I mean, you're, you're again, your your resume is is insane. It, it really is, and it, I love the the happenstance stories. You know how Cedric <laughs> took you under his his wing. I mean, just to have that opportunity to work closely with the comedian. I've like been that. blessed, man. I've just you know I've been going down. I've, I've all these roads that I've gone down in my in my career have been I've been forced to down them. You know. Hmm. I mean, I, I I I you know I have you know those. Uh, time capsules that you write in high school sure. when you see what you expect yourself to be 20 years from now and I have there if I'm not famous by the time I'm 22 I'm a loser that's the first thing I wrote <laughs> 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 yeah and then the next one was I play guitar and I'm in a rock band and that was I can't remember what I wrote after that but I oh. think uh, oh. I'm trying to live up to it still till the day I die I'll be trying to live up to that the time, time capsule. capsule. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. I don't know. It's probably like <laughs> to fly like Superman knowing the age or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that might even have been a little easier. But, you know, that's why I live in Hollywood, you know? True. That's why I live in L.A. It's where, I mean, you go to the rainbow and the person that's in the urinal next to you, that's the dude that's going to make your career happen. You know what I mean? That can be Those taken a few ways, situations. but I do know what you mean, sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just, I mean, all the time, it's, it's just the people around here, the, the, the lessons, you, the people you see just walking down the street, the people that you meet at the parties, your friends that you make, the seven, the seven degrees, the, I don't even know what it is, three degrees of separation, seven degrees, I don't know what degrees of separation, but there are no degrees of separation in this town. Well, especially when you're in, when you're in the entertainment industry, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And as I, I use the phrase on this show, the the six degrees of G and R bacon instead of Kevin Bacon. There you go. That's what it's I probably say. Probably six degrees is the word. <laughs> yeah. So you fit underneath our six degrees of G and R bacon, obviously working right, with Slash, and then we get to learn all about you and all the cool stuff that you do, uh, just with that G and R G and R hook. So this was a real pleasure, Big Chris, and thank you for your time and. Oh. 
And well, uh, thank you for having me, man. It was, it was it was fun. I hope we get to do this again. And obviously, uh, everyone stick around. Uh, we're gonna play the the clip of it's crazy, right? The song is called Crazy with Chester yep. Bennington and Slash. It's a one minute preview, and uh, I, I I'm I'm I was, I'm as confident as you are that it'll be released when the time is right. But uh, even if it's just one Hopefully. minute, it's 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 brilliant. It really is. And just uh, rest in peace, Chester. It will get released. Yeah. I, it'll get released. It's just. This will probably be a good little jump start for it. Right on. Well, thank you, Chris, for finding it, and thanks again for your time. Yeah, man, it was fun. Well, that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Thanks again for hanging out, where we look at life through uh, guns and rose-colored glasses on this six degrees of GNR bacon, guns and roses-themed bar mitzvah party of a broadcast. Fit that on a bumper sticker. And wherever you listen, however you listen, uh, if you can leave a review, a rating, please do so. And thanks to those of you who have already submitted topics and questions for Doug Goldstein's autobiography, which I'm helping out on. Uh, It's going to be, in his words, I'm just shaping it. We have, wow, uh, I want to say over 10 hours of conversation right now transcribed, and I still feel like we've barely scratched the surface. We have a lot of great content down now, but... There's so much more we haven't even spoke about. So I'm. it's going to be, it's good. It's going It's going well. We're getting things done. Uh, we'll see what comes out first. Doug Goldstein's book or New Guns N' Roses music. <laughs> we'll see. I will tell you Doug's plan and hope is for it to come out when Guns N' Roses starts touring again. However, that is not going to happen because it seems like the tour is picking up. So a little bit of quick shotgun news. News. Guns N' Roses announcing some festival dates. We got Bottle Rock in Napa Valley in September. I would be going. I still need to go to California in my life, and I will. I will, but my fiance is seeing Dave Matthews that weekend. Oh, yeah, she's, um, she, it's hard to believe. I think she's more dedicated to Dave Matthews than, um, well, I wouldn't say me, but then I am to Guns N' Roses, and I host a podcast, so uh, she's seen them close to 40 times. I got to up that number for Guns N' Roses, so hopefully this is a good sign for North American dates, okay? I know we were heard all, all over the world, and we all care, but for me, I would love to, hey, I'm holding on to my tickets for New Jersey still. Bummer if they can't reunite or have uh, the Smashing Pumpkins open again, which was the original case. And really hoping they play Wrigley Field in Chicago. I'm going to go to Chicago in like a month or so, you know, on vacation. And timing it out, that's when Guns N' Roses would be there. So I'm hoping that that's the case. I would love to go see them at Fenway Park as well. Boston, oh, I'm getting excited. So it's just concerts are coming back. It's absolutely great. So there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about in future episodes. Uh, More shotgun news is going to happen. Uh, and, and, and just again, if you want to submit questions for the book, whenever it does come out, and it will, just hit me up on email at the AFD show on gmail.com. Okay. The AFD show at gmail.com. And I'll go over it with Doug. And if your, your topic and, and or picture, maybe you, you took pictures at shows and you, you, you caught Doug Goldstein in the corner of your picture, send those in and you will be credited in the book, immortalized. And Doug Goldstein to autobiography. That sounds pretty cool, right? All right, so now that does it for this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to stick around after the outro so you can hear that clip 
uh, the, the exclusive clip of Chester Bennington with Slash uh, called Crazy, uh, the unreleased uh, track. So stick around for that. But as far as the next episode, next guest, when are you going to see it? Who is it going to be? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know, as soon as the world. Yeah! security, I'm going home.